0: Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about minute four. It begins with Roop talking to Sars on the radio and ends with Charlie crashing through a road sign and spinning out on the side of the road. So we start off, as I said, with Roop calling Sars for more information. And we talked earlier about how this chase is really personal for them. And they say it flat out in the dialogue right here. That it's not so much that Knight Rider killed a police officer, it's that he stole one of their cars.
1: Right. That's what hurts. Yeah. It was a V8 pursuit special. Yeah.
0: It's not just that he stole a, a car, he stole oh. one of their pursuit specials. Yes. Um, I think this kind of goes back to, remember earlier we were talking about separate bodies of law enforcement? Yes. Yes. I think the pursuit special is an MFP specific vehicle, right? Meant
1: for like highway chases. I remember seeing on the
0: wiki that the the pursuit special is one of their cars. Yeah, it might have been that the police officer he killed might have been an MFP, might not, but he stole their car. And it's freaking personal. So you think that point.
1: that's more personal to them than the fact that he killed a cop? I think so. Well... I,
0: I hate to say that because it seems, it seems really unfair to them to cast them in that light. But I don't think George Miller is trying to they, say that all MFP officers are totally without blemish.
1: Right. They do seem to be a very vehicle-centric society. Mm-hmm. What do they call them on, uh... Top Gear, now Grand Tour, petrol heads.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of petrol heads in the uh, in the Mad Max mm-hmm. universe. When we get into the the other movies, it's incredibly difficult to find gasoline, and they're still just thundering around right. these giant vehicles. What's interesting is how Sars describes the pursuit special. It's um, obviously one of their V8s pursuit special on methane, very towy.
1: Oh, I didn't catch that. Very yeah. toe-y? That
0: is a piece of slang that I took the initiative to look up on the internet because I'm like, okay, I know that small blonde children are called toe-heads because their blonde hair kind of blends in with their pale skin and, you know, they call them toe-heads um, because...
1: Ew, that's where that comes from?
0: Yeah, that's where that comes from.
1: Oh, that's kind of gross. And I'm
0: like, okay, they well, look obviously... They like a toe? Yeah, they look like a toe. Oh,
1: okay.
0: It's super dumb. <laughs> Yeah, the look of of disgust on your face says (laughs) says volumes. Great podcast material, us making expressions like that. I'm just as guilty of it. (laughs) So, like I said, I took the initiative to look up what the heck that very toey means. So, I jumped on Urban Dictionary, the dictionary that everyone really goes to. And it's a slang term that actually means a couple of different things. Its origin is 1920 to 1925, and it originates in reference to a racehorse. And the first description is edgy, nervously irritable, impatient, and anxious, which makes a lot of sense when you're talking about racehorses. Mm-hmm. If you've got a horse that you're looking to race, and they're, they're very irritable, a lot of the times they're pawing at the ground, essentially towing the ground. So you can describe that as being toey. Ah, okay. So the pursuit special is, you know, one of those things where it's probably meant to go fast, but right. it's not it's not one of those cars that necessarily is super easy to drive.
1: Yeah. Probably like very fast acceleration, but not easily controlled acceleration.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wait down the road. We'll see how out of control it can get. Yep. So I found that interesting. The second definition of toey is touchy or restive, apprehensive, fractious. Uh, You can be toey for many reasons, one of which may be sexual arousal, um, but not the other way around. Uh, You may well be toey if you're horny, but you can't be horny because you're toey. And that Mm -hmm. definition was... uh, submitted by Kragos on May 13th, 2016. So I really don't think the second definition holds as true as the first definition. I don't think Sars was talking about the sexual agitation of the Pursuit special when he called it Toei. I think he more talked about that original thing we mentioned of it just being... Um, more more edgy.
1: Yeah, more touchy, uh, aggressive.
0: Which when you think about it, a vehicle of that nature in the hands of someone like the Knight Rider can be really dangerous.
1: Yes. Have you ever had a V8?
0: I have never had more than a V6. Okay. I
1: think my car now is a V6. I learned to drive on a V8. A minivan. (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) So it wasn't fast. It just needed to move itself out of the way.
1: Right. But learning to drive on a V8 versus every other car I've driven that's a V6 or lower, there's definitely a difference. You definitely feel the difference when the light turns green in a V8. Even in a minivan, you're gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, like, no, I know what they're talking about.
0: I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a petrol head. I don't know (laughs) a lot about cars. There are probably a lot of podcasts out there that would spend all of their time talking about the very specific nature of the cars themselves.
1: Yes. And that is
0: research that we're definitely going to have to do down the road.
1: Yes, because cars are very important to the movie and continuing forward in the movie. So we'll get there.
0: Yeah. A lot of the time they're the centerpiece of a scene or the very character motivation itself is all around cars yeah so we're gonna learn and grow as people as yes. we do this <laughs> after sars describes the the v, the pursuit special itself he talks about their position they're about a half mile off of anarchy road and big bopper should be seeing the pursuit anytime now mm-hmm. uh, by this time we get another shot of max in between them describing the V8.
1: Yes. It's while like the radio is on voiceover. Yeah. And they're still doing that thing yep. that I mentioned that I'm not a fan of. They're showing him. He's suiting up. He's like putting on his jacket, zipping it up. Still no face.
0: Yep. What I do like, though, out of this is um, you get a good shot of his jacket. He's got the, the sidearm that he's slinging over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. But you get a really good view of their badges. And they're not silver badges, they're not steel badges, they're bronze color badges. Yeah. And that factors in later minutes because they call them the brass, right? They're referred to as bronzes.
1: Bronzes, okay.
0: Like I think regular police officers have brass badges. H I think is You mean in real life in or real in real life. The okay. In real life. Um, which is sometimes why they're referred to as, as the brass. The brass. Either it's it's police officers or ranking officials in you know, organizations of that nature. Yeah. But yeah, they're very dull, and I and I feel like they probably don't have shiny, fancy badges, maybe as a uh, cost-saving measure, because I'm pretty sure bronze is a lot cheaper than than other materials you can find when you need to fabricate a badge of some kind. Yeah. We see Mad Max suiting up. We see the badge, and then we cut back to the Knight Rider being per- pursued by March Hare. Now, one of the things I find interesting about the Pursuit Special is that it it doesn't look pristine. You can already tell no. that it's pretty banged up. Like, there's a huge set of dents in the side of the doors. Yeah. And the whole thing is just very rumpled looking.
1: Yeah. And I expect some of that happened because of Knight Rider yeah. in the in the course of stealing it and heading out of town. But based on the condition of the other two cars, the Interceptors that we've seen, that's just the way things are. Yeah. Things get banged up, and they don't really get fixed.
0: Yeah, as far as we know, MFP has one mechanic, right? Who we get to meet later on, and he's gonna keep the engines running. He's not necessarily gonna pull out every dent and cover every bit of rust. I do find it interesting. The pursuit special doesn't have a back seat, which right,
1: so it's not an arresting car. Well, wait, do the inner Oh no, the interceptors do have a back seat because Root put his gun there. Which, I don't know, seems very unsafe to me. So the interceptors have back seats. The pursuit does not. Okay. Which
0: kind of makes sense because if it's a pursuit special, it's a pursuit vehicle. It's not an apprehending vehicle. The right. whole idea of the pursuit special is that it's able to chase down
1: Right.
0: a suspect. It's not necessarily going to take that suspect back. But, I mean, even in the regular patrol cars, like, yeah, they have back seats. But, you know, in modern police vehicles, they have grates or windows or something dividing the back seat from the front seat there's nothing like that and you can tell with the reckless abandon that Rube kind of throws his rifle into the back seat it's like they don't even have properly stored firearms so I imagine that with the MFP you're not looking at a lot of uh, arrests arrests yeah
1: you're looking at more body bags (laughs)
0: yeah i mean you don't have to worry about a body coming back to life and strangling it all that much it's not that That kind of movie
1: (laughs) um i would also like to note that this whole time that the cars are talking between each other about their locations and the plan Mm -hmm. Knight rider can hear the whole thing
0: oh yeah yeah
1: he knows exactly what's going to happen which becomes obvious
0: yeah now here's the thing though so we see the Knight Rider followed by March Hare, and then in the next shot we see Big Bopper come off that dirt road and get onto whatever street is going to connect at that intersection. You had a bit of an observation about that that cornering.
1: Yeah, I felt like it didn't seem like misplaced in the film. like It seemed like it belonged there, but it did seem like it was for the sake of filmmaking mm-hmm. that you get this great shot of them... Going from a paved road to an unpaved road, spinning out a bit during the turn, and the great you know puff of dirt yeah. in the air—it's so just a great shot. Kind of adds to the sense of urgency. Yes. That we're building mm-hmm. with all of the back and forth, and especially with Rupe and Charlie with their kind of bumbling ways.
0: Yeah, and, and it's a good it establishing shot. It's a good establishing shot, because what we see after that is it goes inside the vehicle as they've just made the turn, and um, Roop gives the just excellent line of, rip the guts out of it, give it the bejesus. Yeah. And <laughs> meanwhile, he's got this sawed-off shotgun that he's pulled from God knows where. Yeah. Probably between the seats or something like that. But, okay, I'm not an expert on firearms, but I know enough. So... These guys are pursuing someone, moving at high speed on the highway, uh-huh. and his weapon of choice is a sawed-off shotgun. Now, shotguns have a spread inherent to their design. Yep. You know, small lead pellets expelled out of a tube, and then they expand. There's a definite lack of communication here, because I think Roop is thinking that they're going to get up alongside the Knight Rider and he's just going to blow him away with a shotgun. Meanwhile, Charlie's on the other side of the car and he's got a completely different idea.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. If you pay attention to Charlie instead of Roop, the first half of his muttering, I don't know what he's saying. Oh,
0: yeah, it's not in the script.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the second half of the muttering, he's like, I'm going to ram him. I'm
0: going to ram him. Oh, yeah, and he is so freaking excited.
1: Yes. Now, compare that Charlie muttering and like formulating his own plan that he's gonna ram the night rider. Compare that to which one is driving the March Hare? Is it S um, Sars or Scuttle, Scuttle
0: is driving the March. Hare?
1: Scuttle. Who we commented before, stone faced. He is he has a task, his task is to drive. That yeah. is what he's doing and he is focusing on it. Notice he is driving by the end of this minute is gonna be much more successful than Charlie's driving. Yeah. So yeah, Charlie is again Juvenile.
0: Yeah, he's super excitable. But now, granted, they each got a different plan. Rube's got his shotgun out. But the thing is, he had a rifle. He had a long-range scoped rifle. If he was so dead set on shooting the Night Rider, why not go back and grab the rifle? Yeah, it's going to be a lot more guns sticking out the window. But it's going to be a hell of a lot more accurate, and you'd be able to. Now, I granted. I'm not saying that Rube has amazing marksmanship skills, but even if you're shooting from a distance with a scoped rifle, you have a lot better chance of doing debilitating damage to the car with a rifle than with a shotgun. And it's not just that he only has the rifle and the shotgun, he also has a sidearm. Yeah. So I think uh, I think they, George Miller really likes the idea of the sawed-off shotgun with the crit pistol grip as far as style is concerned. Yes. But as far as practicality is concerned... It just, it doesn't work for the situation.
1: No, I feel like the whole the whole thing about Roop shooting Knight Rider from the car, both of them like speeding towards each other, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, so I, I don't think Roop has a really clear idea of what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. He doesn't choose the right gun. Mm-hmm. The whole idea in and of itself is a bit ridiculous. I think. And the way that he handles the rifle, so he opens it up to check the chambers. Yep. Which I guess is a thing that you do. Yeah, he,
0: he, 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 he breaks like, it.
1: He pops it open, checks, checks sure sure it, it,
0: closes it. Closes
1: it. The way he does that, the expression on his face, the movement of his hands, looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. It's another instance of Roop being bumbly.
0: Yeah. Now, quick interruption. Yeah. We're not firearms experts. We're going to use the wrong terminology. Absolutely. Please don't get upset.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use the word thingy a lot because I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to firearms.
0: But yeah, I totally agree. Roop is a bumbler.
1: Yeah. Okay. The way that Roop looked as he was doing that is the same way I would look. If I was in a car and I had to quickly make sure I could shoot the shotgun... That's how I would look. And I have shot a shotgun once, and I didn't like it. (laughs) And I have the opportunity to keep shooting it. And I was like, no, thank you. That's the same way that I would look Mm -hmm. when doing it. Bumbling, like I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to know what I'm doing. And just pretending. Yeah.
0: I think when you really look at this plan, because the whole last half of the minute is taken up by and Charlie in their uh, vehicle coming up on... We
1: do see a lot of the the lead-up to that.
0: And, yeah, there's a lot of lead-up. And it's funny because you can see a lot of it. This is an open field. It's not like you're in New England where there's a lot of tall trees obscuring the view. Like, you can come up on someone suddenly and surprise them.
1: Oh, yes, you can. When there
0: are trees. When you're in an open field like they are here, like, I'm not surprised that the night Rider figures out what's going on. Right, and exactly
1: how to handle it.
0: Yeah. It's funny, because um, as they're speeding up towards this intersection, Sars calls them on the radio and asks, can you see him yet? And <laughs> they show the perspective. Sars calling them up on the radio, can you see me?" yet? And then they show a POV shot from uh, the Big Bopper, and you can see very clearly on the... I mean, it's not super close, but it's in the shot. You can very clearly see the cars. And it's like, yeah, you can see them. And it's like, they're way too far away for uh, shotgun range.
1: Yeah. And
0: and uh, Roop confirms, yeah, I got it. And then he says, I'm going to blow away, and blow him away. And meanwhile, Charlie's like, I'm going to ram him. And
1: I think, <laughs> those two.
0: strategically speaking, I think the choice to ram the Knight Rider was the wrong decision. I think the person in the wrong here was definitely Charlie, as opposed to Roop.
1: Yes, although actually, I might disagree with you. Because I can't remember how I know this where I got this information from. But there's a maneuver in police chasing where the police car comes up alongside the lead car that's speeding away and does a thing on its back bumper and causes the car to spin out. Like, it puts pressure on the back bumper. um, Fishtailing. Yes, and causes the lead car to fishtail and lose control. Mm -hmm. So... If I'm not sure what their what their plan should have been, you know, given the tools that they had and how they were approaching Knight Rider, not sure what their plan should have been. Both plans I think would have been ineffectual. Mm. But I think perhaps that maneuver of forcing the car to, to fishtail and lose control mm. might have been their best option. Yeah.
0: The way I see it, and this is after watching this minute over. Over and over (laughs) again. As you do when you make a minute-by-minute podcast. What they should have done, and now this is, you know, it's far too late to be giving strategic (laughs) analysis to this scene because it is so far removed. But what they should have done is Charlie should have been driving in such a way that he would be able to merge onto the road and keep going alongside the Knight Rider. because. In that situation, even if the Knight Rider broke the way he did, even yeah. if he slammed on the brakes, which he does, they would have been in such a way that they would be able to continue on the road and actually position themselves in front of the Knight Rider. Right. Which means that the Knight Rider would be sandwiched between two patrol vehicles so that Big Bopper could gradually slow Yeah. and, if need be, just press their back bumper against his front bumper. And either try and slow him down so that way March Hare can get up behind him... Right. ...and stop the pursuit. Or if Knight Rider didn't slow down, they would be more on par with him... ...and Roop could just take his shotgun and do meaningful damage to either the occupants or the car itself. Yes. Which... I think, considering that the part of the pursuit that really hurts is the fact that they stole the car, they would probably do a lot more damage to the passengers than the car itself. Which is another reason why ramming it
1: would have been a dumb idea. Yeah. I mean, these cars are not a dime a dozen.
0: I mean, the real world cars were cheap. Yes. But the in universe cars. In the
1: universe. (laughs) You know, best case scenario is to get the car back.
0: Yeah, I, th- I feel like that's part of their motivation in the scene is to get they, this car right, back. Right,
1: they need that car back. I think this scene, this minute, just goes to show us that... Ruben Charlie are idiots.
0: They're they're not they're not great thinkers. <laughs> no. And there's there's a reason that dispatch was so adamant about this being <laughs> right. a simple pursuit. It's right. not a roadblock. It's not a takedown. It's a code forty four. Yeah. So just take it easy, guys. Right.
1: Maybe they maybe the woman on dispatch. Maybe she was so adamant because she uh, knew what could happen.
0: Have I mentioned yet that I have no idea who the dispatcher is? No. I did so much probing, and I kind of hope that as we do this podcast, someone will contact us through Facebook or Twitter or on our website proper through our email address and let us know who the dispatcher is, Yeah, because I cannot for the life of me figure out who on the credits, and I know pretty much all of the credits. I I think there was one name that was uncredited that I wasn't able to really figure out. They didn't list which a dispatcher.
1: I'm just I'm surprised because she features so heavily in the first few minutes but we hear her throughout. Don't Oh we? yeah.
0: She's a constant presence through the yeah. through the movie it feels so like. I'm
1: really surprised that she's not yeah. credited.
0: Getting back to it. The plan is just just not a good plan. No. As the the minute comes on we we see that the the roads are going to converge and they're going to hit the the same intersection. Roop is going to try and shoot, Charlie's going to try and ram. And because they're out in the open, and Knight Rider, because he's turning his head around to laugh at March Hare behind him, he clearly sees Big Bopper coming up and just slams full force on the brakes. And, of course, Big Bopper just sails Right by. Yep. Roop tries to spin wildly and try and shoot him anyway, which I like how um, he hits the yield side and it kind of spins. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like like a carnival target. Spins around. And then, of course, the entire car is spinning. So you got Roop hanging out one window, trying to, to hold on. They fly through the Anarchy Road sign, just smash that to bits. They lose a couple of bits off the top. And then... You noticed.
1: Oh, the look on Charlie's face. It's so quick. I've watched this minute plenty of times, but the very last viewing of the minute, I caught the look on Charlie's face. Just
0: full mouth agape. Yes. Holding on to that. Completely stereotype. out of
1: control.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: A look like oh, what have I done?
0: <laughs> and then it's great. Okay, and then another criticism of Charlie's plan to ram the night rider is we actually see a shot from inside um sarson scuttles cruiser of them driving by big bopper and they're not far enough off the road that it's like a super safe situation um mm. ooh, another detail that i just found um re-watching the the minute just now in on mute is um march hare they have a little uh they have rosary beads hanging from the, the window.
1: Oh, okay. So that that gives us a clue that there is...
0: Oh, no. That might be... Hold on. That might be Big Bopper. Cause...
1: Oh, I'll bet it's Big Bopper. Yeah. Because I'll bet they're Charlies.
0: Yeah, because there is that exchange. Because there's the exchange, later. I think, in the next uh, minute. Because, yeah, the car that actually speeds by... Yeah, it's definitely the POV of the car we're looking at is the car that's moving. It's a bit of a... It's an incontinuity thing where it's almost like... I think the the angles that you see don't quite line up. Oh, okay. But you still get the the idea that they're having to swerve to avoid one another. Yeah. Which is another, like I said, huge criticism of Charlie's plan. That because he missed the Knight Rider, he went off the road and started spinning, which immediately puts march hare in in
1: in danger danger. yeah they didn't they both neither of their plans were well both of their plans would have put march hare in danger
0: yeah (sighs) because the minute you take out the driver that car is going
1: is yeah
0: is going and
1: march hare is not that far behind him so going back real quick to the rosary beads i think it it tells us that there is still organized religion and that you know in this world of mad max before a formal apocalypse happens in between movies that as society is going downhill some things that have stuck around are organized religion
0: which when you think about it when the world is ending around you and you see everything going downhill mm-hmm. it makes sense to that cling you would... to those things that are familiar and comforting yes and i think that's definitely part of charlie's character
1: yeah and now that you've noticed the beads, as we go forward and we see more shots throughout the movie of the inside of their cars, we'll notice who who's, whose car that those beads are supposed to be in. Oh,
0: yeah. And there's, there's definite advantage of going minute by minute because you start noticing these details because you spent so much time watching <laughs> the same scene over and over. over and over. We actually end this minute, like I said before, with Charlie and Roop in the dirt.
1: So we've kind of gotten through phase one of this chase mm-hmm. the first interaction between the characters that we've gathered
0: yeah so we have the first implementation of a plan in order to take them out which failed because yep. charlie and Rupe were involved yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not going to say definitively that it was their fault that the plan failed but i'm not gonna rule it out
1: nope I don't know. Maybe we're not giving Charlie and Roop a fair shake, but for what we've been presented with so far in the first four minutes, yeah. I feel like so far we've been accurate. Maybe yeah. they'll turn around, and as we examine them further, they're not such bad guys. But they have not um, they have not presented themselves well so far.
0: No, no, they haven't. Maybe they'll redeem themselves a minute to come. Yep. Our website is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com MadMaxMinute.
1: Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number four. See you tomorrow. Motorbikes and metal men Take me to the end of the dream